With spring right around the corner, maybe you like me, you're excited to get out for longer walks and runs, pick up a new book to read outside, or just get out and explore new neighborhoods and food. Or we could do all three wrapped in one. Our friends over at Read and Run Chicago are expanding to nearby Lamont for three different meetups. The group is like a combination running club, book club, and neighborhood tour, and each route in Lamont is about three miles paired with a different book from Pat Camaliere's Corotazi Historical Mystery Series. Afterwards, you'll get to sit down with the author and historian and sample some food from local restaurants. The first run is Saturday, March 23rd. Spots are limited and are going to go fast. So register now at readandrunchicago.com or find the link on their Instagram at readandrunchicago. Today on CityCast Chicago, whether you're a new college student about to live on your own or you're just reminded that the rent is due, now is a good time to get your finances in order before the reality of fall kicks in. At least that's what my horoscope says this month. Host Jacoby Cochran, former CityCaster Carrie Shepard, and I got some tips from a budgeting expert earlier this year, and we're sharing them again. It's Wednesday, August 2nd. I'm Simona Licea, in for Jacoby, and this is what Chicago's talking about. So I'm here with lead producer Carrie Shepard and producer Simone Alisea. Uh, Carrie, Simone, I got to ask you, y'all got budgets? Right, laughter ensues. We wrote it in the script, and it still was like it's gonna happen. So let me make, let me change the question because I already know the answer. And if y'all can't tell by their silence, the answer is nah. We 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 ain't them kind of people. But I will start with this then, Carrie. How do you budget your finances? How do you keep track of them? Pay attention to them. Okay, this is yes. I I this is a good question. I would say um, obviously I'm in a a partners legal partnership so i my husband does uh, <laughs> our husband does have a budget for us i mentioned this also because both of us are older quote unquote we didn't get married in our 20s so we both came into our relationship with um our finances fairly set and you know back in the day it used to be like everybody combines their finances and that is not the reality for a lot of couples like us so um, in terms of how do I watch my spending, the sort of the big spending, I do have a financial advisor um, for whom I work with on making sure my retirement's in the right place, making sure. That's I mean, how fancy to me. I'm sorry. I, know, I, was, I, know. Simone, I was thinking like, the same thing. Extra nodding over here because we was like, oh, damn. We, you never mentioned the FA. I, I got to tell got no you. Money. <laughs> I got to tell you, strongly, strongly suggest, really. Okay. I've had him for, since I was in my 20s and didn't have a lot of money. He was a friend of my brother's and I trust him. But also, this is someone that you can go to when you make big purchases, like when I purchased a condo. This is someone also, when I switched jobs, I made sure to ask, like, what should I do in terms of this retirement plan? So, you just want someone like that who can answer those questions and break it down and make it easy for you. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of another set of eyes. Let's be honest, like there I'm I'm not the type of person who wants to watch where my 401k and 403b are every day. There are people who do that, who are really tied into the stock market. 
I don't want to do that. So he does it for me and I trust him. So mm -hmm. I think that is actually a good tip and for that really, it's not a fancy thing. People who don't have a ton of money have financial advisors too. So I would suggest getting one. No, that's a very good point. And, and Simone, I kind of have a, a slightly different question because you've just sort of come back to Chicago in the last couple of years. But the last time you were here, you know, you were in school and then you were sort of in your first job out of school, you know, coming back to the city. Did you come back with a thought of, all right, I'm going to be more fiscally responsible. I'm going to budget now. I'm, I'm making more money now that I come back to the city. Or were you already kind of in a groove and you've just continued that since you've been back in terms of budget, personal budgeting? I think that's that's a really um, astute observation because I, I would say like I'm kind of right on that cusp, right? I am okay. now out of that like, you know, young 20s, just trying to like stay out of debt, just trying to pay my rent, just trying to like get up in my job. And now I'm at a point now in my career where it's like, okay, I've got a stable job. I now have two 401ks that I've not merged in any way from switching jobs. Haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> uh, Financial advisor can help you. <laughs> uh, truly, like I, I need to like I have now like built up some savings, but I don't really have like a financial goal in mind, and so I'm like right on that cusp of like I'm now making enough money that like I should really start thinking about what to do with it, other than just like getting by and saving. And like I've mm -hmm. paid off a few debts that have been that were really big that have now come down quite a lot. Um, so it's like a very much in this like in between space financially, I feel like. No, I, I relate to that a lot before the podcast. I was very much not only just check to check, it was very much job to job. Cause I was, well, you were doing a, a lot of freelance work too. Yeah. Right? I was a university adjunct professor. And so that was like the most stable and you're not making a lot of money. You know, one class might get you $2,500 a, a semester mm. and Outside of that, you know, I'm hoping for voiceover work, hoping for some storytelling gigs to pay something. And so I was in a very precarious situation where it was just sort of long as my bills are paid, long as I can eat. Um, but I felt like my situation sort of kept me budgeted so I didn't like overspend. I didn't right, buy right. a bunch of excess things that I couldn't afford just because I, I couldn't. And so the last couple of years have probably been me just like breathing on the fact that it like my situation isn't as sort of precarious and so you know I moved you know moved somewhere else so my rent has gone up right you know maybe I you know probably buy way too much takeout and have eaten yeah. at some nicer restaurants yep. in the last couple of years <laughs> but I know you know from the people I talk like my mother for example she is extremely meticulous like my yeah. mother still like book keeps the way my grandmother taught so she writes a lot of her finances down like personal like by hand totally. you know she works with somebody to do her taxes but the more and more i talk to those people like my mom they do say there is a benefit to having some type of budgeting plan and carrie i know you talked to someone who who really this is their sort of work helping people to manage their finances helping people to create individualized unique budgetings um so so who did you talk to and, and what was some of the things that they wanted to share in terms of how to get started in personal budgeting I talked to Kimberly Palmer. She's a senior writer at NerdWallet. So here is one tip that she said. 
Well, the first thing to know about starting a budget is that you can just ballpark your figures. You don't have to be super specific or break out a calculator. And I think that takes out some of the stress. So basically, you want to start with a 50, 30, 20 approach. And that basically means you want 50% of your take-home pay going towards needs. And that's things like housing and food. You have 30% set aside for wants. And that's going out to eat, for example, or entertainment. And then you have the 20% for any debt payments like student loans uh, and savings. So if you're in an expensive city like Chicago, for example, you might need to spend more of your take-home pay a greater percentage on housing. And that's just because it's hard to avoid it when you're living in a high-cost area. And so putting your all your needs together into that 50% bucket, it just gives you that flexibility. When y'all look at y'all landscape, me, I sort of look at things like at the beginning of every month, I sort of calculate how much money is going to come in. Uh, And then I just sort of pull my calculator out and I just start subtracting. I got to pay for this. I got to pay for this. All right. Good for you. That's budgeting. This this is what I'm going to have left. I I know. But then when I have the left, I just stop paying attention to that number. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm like, all right, all of the needs are taken care of. And then I'm just like, all right, that number will sit in there. When you think, do you have a, do you think you're in a sort of 50, 30, 20 type of setup right now, Carrie? I would say that's about right. I think that at this point in my life, I have automatic payments set up and sort of have automated as much as I can to ensure that like, All of that is kind of taken care of for me. So you always want to make sure, I want to make sure my mortgage is paid. You know, I want to make sure that all the bills are paid, obviously. This is all taken out. Plus, all of my retirement and what I'm setting aside also automated from my paycheck. So it's kind of like, I'm not really seeing it so much. But like, I know that... I'm not going to be coming up to the, you know, the sixth of the month when you start getting late fees for your mortgage and be like, I don't have enough for the mortgage. Like, that's got to go first. There's no eating mm-hmm. out. There's no new dress. That's all that stuff. All the 50%. That's got to go first. I'm just so scared of auto pay. Like, the only things that are really? auto pay are the things that just naturally do it. So, like, Hulu, Netflix, and any Apple. So, like, my terabyte of space, music, that all gets auto pay. I do have the, and another thing that auto pays is like, I have the sort of Rocket Money app. And so it like just pulls a certain amount every week of like savings. So it's like, hey, I'm taking this $200 uh, yeah, today yeah, yeah, yeah. and just putting it in sort of a, a savings account that's moving. But the one thing, that I often don't pay attention to, and I'm gonna just be real, is sort of my biggest debt, right? I make all of like, I have like a couple, like a PayPal credit card, like a Macy's, I pay those. But the one that, especially post pandemic, that I have not really sort of got back engaged with is them student loans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Them things, oh, I didn't have help during school. And so I just took out more money and more money. And I went to school for six years when you add in grad school. Uh, and so that's the thing that I definitely need to start creating a plan for and paying attention to because I know it towards the end of grad school, I really was just like, man, they going to have to wipe this out. We over a trillion dollars and I ain't paying it. They better wipe this out. But I know that I can't bank on that. Probably <laughs> the all. best thing I did is is right after graduation, I set up an automatic payment plan for my student loans. Uh, mm. And so I've been, I was paying on it during the pandemic too. So I paid down the principal, um, one of the the better financial decisions I've ever made. The one thing I will say about this 50, 30, 20 thing is like that 50% bucket for needs, it's sort of a response to that old adage that like you shouldn't be paying more than a third of your income yes. for housing, yeah. right? 
Um, and like, maybe you have to pay more in an expensive place like Chicago or in another city. I will say, I don't like that. I still think that, <laughs> like, I don't like that that's true. Like, it bothers me that that's um. how expensive housing is in, in these cities is that, oh, instead of saying like, we should find a way to reduce the reduce the costs of housing on our population. People should just budget better and maybe budget mm-hmm. more toward their housing. And you know, you understand what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, because we that, also don't have control over that. Your rent right. since you moved here has gone up hundreds right. of dollars. My rent yes. since moving to Hyde Park, even when I was in stuff, all rent of the last few places I lived have climbed hundreds of dollars over the time. So I agree with you 100%. It isn't as simple as being like, well, it was 30% last year or yeah. two right. years ago, but due to circumstances outside of my control right now, I have to readjust. So I agree with you. There is, there's like a structural part to this conversation when we talk about personal budgeting that is, sure, managing your own money, but when so much of what you're trying to pay for, whether it is um, groceries, whether it is housing, you know, you know, basic services in your yeah. city, transportation, these things are not in your control many times. We do need to figure out how do we tackle rising costs because wages, right? The primary way most of us pay for everything in our life has not increased at the same rate as any of these other things that we're talking about. And Kim kind of mentions some of these things that are out of our control, but also gives us maybe a couple of tools we can use uh, to kind of pay attention to our debt throughout the month. So that is an area that varies so much person to person. And right now, of course, we're in an environment with interest rates rising. It's expensive. And so you do want to try to pay off debt and allocate more money toward that if you have the flexibility to do so. And I think this is an area where tools can really help. So for example, I'm a huge fan of using online calculators. If, for example, you're paying off debt, you can plug in your numbers to an online calculator and see, okay, if I put a little bit more each month into paying off this debt, can I get totally debt-free even sooner than I'd otherwise planned? Mm, That's a much better plan than I had, which was (laughs) hope that I hit a big commercial and do better than I did the last time I hit a commercial. Because when that AT&T money came in, your boy lost his mind. He was like, I'm not paying nothing. I had a whole plan in the way. I was like, okay, I'm going to start paying this debt and this debt. And then them checks start rolling. I was like, I'm going to be getting commercials forever. You hear this voice? I ain't booked a national commercial since. And oh, so this next, is your AT&T time, commercial. Yes, yeah, this was okay. my debt plan at one point. Okay, and just wait for the commercials to come in. Kimberly and I talked about this a little bit in terms of tools. There are a lot of apps now that just like that replace the Jacoby's mom and me taking balancing our checkbook, calling, you know, I remember like my mom calling the bank, like be like, what's my balance? What's my balance? Like, you know, like, and so these tools will help do that for you? Because I was like, I, I'll just picture like, oh, do I have to make an Excel spreadsheet? I can't do that. Then she's like, those, there's so many, so many apps and tools now that you can use that can help with that. And they're, they can be really visual. So like, you've probably heard ads for like Mint Mobile, right? Like they can put stuff into graphs and like make it look pretty. Um, Nerd Wallet itself has a budgeting tool. And then a lot of like financial institutions, if your bank has yeah. an app, yes. A lot of those apps include some budgeting tools, which again, you can kind of like shift your money into categories. It'll tell you when you're overspending. It'll You can set up alerts and that kind of thing. Um, I have had mixed luck with my bank's app on that front. It's been really good for kind of seeing 
A, it I, it shows me how much I spend on takeout and delivery, which is too much. Um, <laughs> that that visual is never going to leave my head ever. I Will love I miscellaneous change my purchase. <laughs> just like, you <laughs> yes. had an uncategorized huge purchase this month. What was that? I was like, I'm not telling you. Mind your business. Put it Mind in the other. Business. Put it in the other. Rocket rocket money. The City of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection offers a free entrepreneur certificate program for future and current business owners in Chicago. Participants must complete six webinars within six months in designated webinar categories. Graduates are eligible to apply for the CIBC Bank USA Entrepreneur Loan Program, a bank partner with BACP. The longstanding program was created to support startup or early stage small businesses, gain entrepreneur training with important working capital. Since the program launched, more than 1,000 Chicago entrepreneurs and business owners have successfully completed the program. Completing the process is as easy as one, two, three. Number one, register by signing up at chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Number two, attend six webinars by registering for upcoming webinars at chicago.gov slash BACP webinars. And number three, graduate from the program and you'll receive your digital certificate and information on connecting with CIBC Bank USA. To learn more about the BACP Entrepreneur Certificate Program, please visit chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. When we start thinking about this last category of savings, right, it's a really privileged conversation to be talking about just making enough money to put aside. But when you talk to anybody about sort of, you know, you know how how to be more financially savvy, it they they will tell you finding a way to save even small increments. And I know Kimberly uh, made a point to that as well. Typically, financial advisors will say you need three to six months worth of expenses. But I think that's such a daunting and intimidating number. I think it can be more helpful to pick something lower, something like, say, uh, I'll try to save, I don't know, $500 by the end of the year. But just having a reasonable amount that you could set aside by putting some amount every week into a high-yield savings account, it can just give you that wiggle room. And also, then when an expense does pop up, it means you can turn to your savings instead of turning to a really high-interest credit card. And that, down the road, you know, saves you a lot of trouble and money. Mm. When she says a high-yield savings account, I feel like my savings account is just money sits there, but it doesn't actually do nothing. High yield, that means when you put it in an account that's accruing interest over time. Am I making, correct in that? You're correct. And making sure your money works for you. Making sure you're making money off your money is what that is. I have to say, so the savings account, this is the savings thing. Both of you referenced this, and I think this is where I can use my age slash wisdom. I, starting like with my first job where I had a salary. I remember my brother saying, your company will match up to X percent of what you put away in retirement. And at the time, you know, it was before the crash, 2008, 
And my brother said, put max, max it out, max it out and cut your, say, your cut. he's like, I promise you, you're not going to see it right now, but you're going to see it down the road. And he was right. It was, and also, even when I was at that age, I started just putting auto $50 into savings, $50, $50. And then I like, when I got a financial advisor, I created this quote unquote slush fund, which is what he, she's, what Kimberly's talking about, the three to six months. And I remember he and I saying like, what is this for? And I remember saying, what if I want to quit my job and like freelance? And he was like, okay, this is how much you'll need for that. I didn't do that, but (laughs) (laughs) I did use my slush fund for my down payment of my condo in 2018. I had saved up a lot. I put 20% down on my own for my condo and it (laughs) helped me a ton. No, and like Kimberly said, she was like, like, these are tips, but really, as you listen to this conversation, like, figure out how to make it work for you. If the 50, 30, 20, if these, you know, save this much or max out your form, if these are things that just are not available to you, it's sort of still find the sort of root of each of these, right? Just what is your debt? Are you familiar? Are you aware of where all your debt is? Are you aware of, of how your money is sort of going in and out? It's just that that small habit. And not to the point again where it's um, where where you should be you should feel ashamed if you're not able to do these things. Absolutely, um, absolutely. It, it, as long as you're able to sort of start making sense of it. And again, this is as we've made clear in this conversation. This is things all three of us are continuing to work on, are continuing to try to prove on. But that last point that Kimberly makes is, regardless of your situation, the thing that's going to help you most in your own personal journey is sticking with it, is finding a plan, finding something that works with you uh, and being consistent. Well, the worst habit of all is just, you know, kind of shutting your eyes to all the spending and just it can be so overwhelming that you don't even want to look. Uh, So I think the first bad habit to overcome is to make sure you do know where your money is going. And the easiest way to start with that is just by tracking expenses for a short period. So say for the last two weeks, look at every single place your money went. And it might turn out you're spending much more than you realized on on a category. Another bad habit is the recurring expenses that we have. It's so easy to gloss over those and not even notice them. But for example, I signed up for a bunch of subscriptions during the pandemic and they were just all auto renewing. So be sure to take a close look at all those recurring expenses. Streaming. <laughs> That's such oh a streaming God. services one. And, it, and I, I'm about to add YouTube because I'm so tired of them ads. I don't, after this conversation, I'm like, bro, you don't need it. Because everything I look at in $4.99 increments. And after a while, that adds up. That adds up. Well, and then they're raising their prices all, all the time. Netflix raising prices all the time. When I hear when I hear Kimberly talk about this, they're like, I very much am one of these people where it's like, I... I don't have bad financial habits. Like I'm paying my debt, I'm saving money, you know, I'm not outspending what I what I make. But like I also like have money in places that I kind of don't know. Like I have an Acorns account and I've got a savings account and I've got two 401ks just like out there in the ether and I don't really know mm-hmm. what's in 
either of those accounts. Like, I don't know if my savings account is a quote unquote high yield savings account. Like, should I change bank? I've had the same bank provider since I was in college because that was the bank that was on campus. Like, there was no Mm -hmm. rhyme or reason. I still remember going with my mom to the Jewel out in like Matson or something and signing up for my first account as like a junior or something. And so like, I, I, like, I feel like there's like, I have hit a point now where I've like accrued various different financial things and like I don't really know how they all work together or like what is even possible for me monetarily. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like the hardest like thing to get over to like try and sort through it all and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're about to enter into, you know, a couple of weeks just sort of an overload of fun things to do. So having this conversation about personal budgeting next to like, you know, this very, I think, I don't know, at least when I was younger, there was this sort of money comes back, but experiences don't, right? You can make some more money later, but take that trip now. Yes, yes. I spent so little in my 20s on myself and on fun things like you know it's not that i didn't have fun it's just i always found a free way to do it i always found like a super dirt cheap way to do stuff and i was never like never buying clothes so now it's like even just doing that those little things of like oh i can just go stop off at the bar and have a beer because i can or like oh i'm gonna buy i bought two dresses just this weekend so it's interesting because like I'm also sort of just getting into that mentality more than I was while at the same time also sort of realizing for the first time that I should also have financial goals. Like for me, it's all happening at once. It's happening right. I it's hear all, you. Like mm-hmm. happening right at this moment. I am all about, I agree. I'm glad you're doing that, Simone. And Jacoby, what you're saying too. I traveled so much looking back in my 20s on the cheap. Like just really was like, just did it cheaply. And then as I got older and I was like, oh, okay, I can stay in a nicer hotel. Also, like you're saying, experiences like for us, for like my husband and I, like we travel is really important to us, you know? So that is something we absolutely budget for more important to us than, I don't know, whatever it may be. I think you have to realize the stuff that makes you happy. And like, I agree on this idea of saving all your money for it's a privilege saving your money, but you do have to experience things if you can experience them because those 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 chances leave you, you know? Yeah. And then one last tip, I think something, again, that's very personal to me that I think probably a lot of people relate to is if you didn't grow up in households where you learned sort of financial literacy, where you learned how to save it at least for me, it has felt sometimes very overwhelming to start that process. But with these tips, even just from this conversation, sort of taking that process on little by little, sort of similar to like maybe those workout goals we set every January, right? When the new year pops up, it's like, you know, as you listen to these TikTok gurus, the YouTube, the online people telling you it's got to be 50, 30, 20, just remind yourself you can ease your way into it. You can set small financial goals that sort of balloon over time as your situation changes. Uh, But you're not alone. Lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea. I appreciate y'all making time today. Thank you. Thank you.
Before we let you go, a little bit of news. Northwestern University has hired former U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch to review the school's processes for reporting abuse in response to allegations of hazing at NU football and other sports programs. Several lawsuits have also been filed. Chicago Department of Transportation Commissioner Gia Biagi has announced her resignation effective August 11th. She'll be the third department head to leave since Mayor Brandon Johnson won the runoff in April. We spoke with Biagi in March about making Chicago streets safer. Find a link to that episode in the show notes. And newsletter editor Sydney Madden has more news for you in Hay, Chicago, including the cost of NASCAR and a recap of new shelters for migrants in the city. Make sure you're signed up at chicago.citycast.fm. And some good news to get you through. Starting this week, families can catch performances of In My Granny's Garden in parks across Chicago. The show and workshop from the Goodman Theater are designed to help kids five and younger understand where food comes from. The first performances are this Thursday in the Irving Park neighborhood and Friday in West Englewood. Check the show notes for details because it just, it looks adorable. That's it for today. Tomorrow, I'm going to take you to the first dog park on the southwest side, and we're going to meet some very good pups. I'll talk to you then. 